morning, IBCM, and welcome to our Friday morning daily devotional as we are moving towards Christmas Day. I don't know about you, but I'm excited and joyful, looking forward to a time that we can spend with family to celebrate the birth of Christ, the salvation He brings to us, the hope we have in knowing that someday He will return, He will come back and establish his eternal kingdom, new heaven, new earth, new Jerusalem. This is a time of joyful celebration. And I pray that you're having a great week. Sorry that I missed you yesterday. I had some uh, technical problems and couldn't be with you, but I'm back with you again today and hopefully I have all of that worked out. This week has been very busy for Cindy and I. This week we have uh, spoken six times in um, four churches, a school, rather three churches, a school, and um, and a, a group of men, and and a, a group of pastors. So six times we've been we have spoken this week, uh, telling about God's story, God's mission story in the Philippines. Uh, some of you were aware of our schedule. Thank you for praying for us. The people here in uh, South Mississippi who heard about God's mission story in the Philippines and especially through IBC and Metro Manila and our church planters around the nation, they were so excited and filled with joy to hear how God is at work uh, through us, our humble service to Him. And I think that uh, perhaps in the near future, uh, some of those groups and some of those churches might become uh, more um, engaged with us as, as partners. I know for sure they all committed uh, their uh, desire to uh, put us on our prayer list and to be praying for our church and our work in the Philippines. We just praise the Lord for the opportunity. This is Lottie Moon Christmas offering time here in the States, uh, which means that all Southern Baptist churches are focusing on global missions, collecting an offering for global missions. And so we were able to put a face uh, to missions as we spoke before those people. Well, that's enough about, about that. Let's move to the scripture this morning so that we can have a, a, a time of reflecting on God's word, learning from it in a way that we can practically flesh it out in a life of love and joyful obedience to the Lord. Let me lead us in prayer, and then we will read uh, a passage from the book of Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. And then, um, as I have been doing this week, read some reflections from Dietrich Bonhoeffer's Christmas Journal, and then talk a little bit more about how we can uh, learn from this passage and Bonhoeffer's reflections. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for an opportunity to be together again this morning to worship you to hear your word, to reflect upon its significance and its profound meaning for our lives. Lord, your, your word itself promises that the word does not return to you void. The, the word uh, um, accomplishes your uh, purpose in the lives of those who truly hear and then have a will to obey. And we, we're praying, Lord, that as we celebrate this good news from the prophet Isaiah, that it will resonate in our hearts and inspire us to a deeper devotion 
deeper love for you. All this we pray in Christ's name. Amen. All right, let's begin by reading Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. And let's recall that Isaiah wrote this passage, inspired by the Holy Spirit, 700 years before the birth of Christ. Let's listen to the word of God. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders, and he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His authority shall grow continually, and there shall be an endless peace for the throne of David and his kingdom. He will establish and uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time onward and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Man, think about these powerful words before we read Bonhoeffer's Christmas Journal. Think about these very powerful words, a child born, which reminds us of the theme of Bonhoeffer's Journal, God in a manger, a child born. This reminds us of Christ's humble entry into our world. He did not come as a despot. He did not come as a as a, a war hero. Did not come initially as a ruling king, though he would become one. He came as a baby, born to a peasant family in a manger, because there was no room for them in a in a better place in an inn. A child born for us, very personal, given to us, very personal authority rests upon his shoulders and listen to these names this describes Jesus's not only his identity not only his character but also his nature wonderful counselor remember Jesus said to, to the disciples it is good that I'm going back to the father for when I go I will send another comforter the promised Holy Spirit. He is a wonderful counselor. He is a mighty God. He is an everlasting father, and he's the prince of peace. Peace, not war, but peace. A growing authority, an eternal kingdom, a righteous kingdom accomplished by the zeal of the Lord, the energy, the power, the will, the desire, the passion of God. This is a very passionate promise from the Lord God to Isaiah and now speaking to us. And let's hear how Bonhoeffer reflected on this wonderful Advent passage. He writes this, in the midst of the deepest guilt and distress of the people, a voice speaks that is soft and mysterious, but full of the blessed certainty of salvation through the birth of a divine child. It is still 700 years until the time of fulfillment, but the prophet is so deeply immersed in God's thought and counsel that he speaks of the future as if he saw it already. And he speaks of the salvific hour as if he already stood in adoration before the manger 
of Jesus. For a child has been born for us. What will happen one day is already real and certain in God's eyes, and it will be not only for the salvation of future generations, but already for the prophet who sees it coming and for his generation indeed, for all generations on earth. For a child has been born for us. No human spirit can talk like this on its own. How are we who do not know what will happen next year supposed to understand that someone can look forward many centuries? Now let's think about that portion of Bonhoeffer's journal here. He reminds us in the very first sentence that this message of hope came to a people who were under deep guilt and distress. He's referring to the fact that God's people at the time were captives in a foreign land. They were captives there because they knew they had sinned against God. They rebelled against God. And so they felt this deep guilt. They felt this distress being moved away from their homeland, the land promised by God to Abraham centuries before. And now they had blown it. They were under immense shame. Previous to those verses, the prophet wrote that people walking in darkness have seen a great light. So this good news of a promised child comes in the deepest, darkest moment. How good is that? How wonderful to know that in our deepest, darkest moments, God is there and he appears as our Yeshua, the Hebrew name translated Jesus in English. Yeshua, Savior, Saving One, Deliverer. Christmas time is a time of waiting. It's a time of waiting on the light to shine in the darkness. A time when the Savior comes to move us away from shame and distress to hope and peace. Shalom. All well. Bonhoeffer reminds us that this is 700 years before the actual birth of Christ. Yet, he says to us that Isaiah spoke as if it had already happened. It was so certain. It was so real that when he writes about it, it's as if he's seeing it unfold right before his eyes. Though we know that it unfolded 700 years later. How good is that? In times of trouble, Christ Jesus, Christ, Christ Jesus gives us hope. And though we wait, we know that hope does not disappoint us because our hope is in the Lord. And so when we are in trouble, when we are depressed, when we are oppressed, when we are feeling in a dark moment, the light of hope dawns upon our spiritual eyes and it is so certain for us that is, it is as if it has already unfolded before us so that we feel, we know, we sense the certainty, the hope, the peace. 
Bonhoeffer reminds us that the promised child was not only for future generations, it was for that generation. The Messiah was coming not only for those in his day, but coming for all of those since Abraham, who had placed their hope in God. Remember, Abraham believed and it was credited unto him as righteousness. Abraham believed that God was going to make from his loins a great and mighty nation, out of which a Savior would come. Jesus is for everyone. He's for everyone, every generation, every people. That is why when Jesus gave John the apostle that great vision in heaven that we read about in the book of Revelation, John looked and he saw a multitude that could not be numbered from every nation, tribe, tongue, and people. God in a manger, not only for the shepherds who came and worshiped him, not only for those wise men who came a couple of years later and offered to Jesus those priceless gifts, not only for the disciples who walked with him for three years on the roads of Galilee and Judea, not only those who witnessed an empty tomb and heralded his resurrection and were with him when he ascended into the heavens. But Jesus is for all of us. Bonhoeffer is correct. No human spirit can talk like this on his own. It is obvious that Isaiah's words were inspired by the Holy Spirit, who is speaking to us even in this moment, the truth and the reality that Christ is among us. That fills me with such joyful hope. Bonhoeffer continues to reflect. He writes, the times then were no more transparent than they are today. Only the Spirit of God, who encompasses the beginning and the end of the world, can in such a way reveal to a chosen person the mystery of the future so that he must prophesy for strengthening believers and warning unbelievers. This individual voice ultimately enters into the nocturnal adoration of the shepherds and into the full jubilation of the Christ-believing community. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. The shaking of heads, perhaps even as evil laugh, must go through our old, smart, experienced, and self-assured world when it hears the call of salvation of believing Christians. For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Reflections of Dietrich Bonhoeffer, written from prison around 1943, in Germany during World War II, a dark day, an uncertain day for Dietrich, but even in the uncertainty of his circumstances, we hear in his voice the certainty of hope and truth. Christ has come and Christ 
will come. And so, and so we wait with joyful expectation. Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for reminding us that in the darkest moment of any circumstance, we have hope in Christ Jesus. He will come. He will rescue. So that any of us, when we are walking in darkness, we can see a great light, the light of Christ, the hope of Christmas, the coming of a child, the gift of a son, the certainty of eternal life. Please help us to keep this in mind during this Christmas season and to flesh it out as we live joyfully before those who are watching and living among us. And we pray in Christ's name. Amen. God bless you. Thank, for, thank you so much for joining with me this morning. I pray you'll have a great day today. And I look forward to worshiping with all of you on Sunday morning. Please join us online if you can't be with us in person. We would love to have you in person, but we understand if you cannot. But we look forward to worshiping with you on Sunday. Have a great weekend. Love you very much. Pray for you every day. I'll see you Sunday.